God speaks to you through his word, and everybody's different, how, how God, the Spirit of God can relate. There's a couple ways God can do that. Now, God, the Spirit of God deals with me in my knower. I call it my knower in my spirit. In other words, I know some things. I, I don't see it, but I just know God's doing something. Then there are people that see things, literally see things. They, you know, not so much as a grand vision like a burning bush, but they see things in the spirit. And so Nate called me this week, and he was driving down the road in his semi on his phone, and which I thought it was odd, but I forget the Bluetooth, green tooth, whatever it is. And uh, so come on up here. I want him, I'm going to interview him. This is good news. And I want him to share with you what the Spirit of God dealt with him as he was driving down the road. We'll stand right here. Amen? Go ahead. If you get too long, I'll take it back. So. Um, I don't it's on. Know. Okay. I was uh, driving. I was actually close to Fairbury. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and My hometown. Uh, since I've been driving, I've had a lot more time to do a lot more praying and stuff. And then finally, uh, I just kept hearing uh, this thing come out, come up in my spirit. It was uh, just lines, lines. And at first, I thought it was just a funky thought in my head because, you know, I'm driving down the road and I see a bunch of lines. But then finally, uh, God kind of got a hold of me. And uh, basically, I asked him, well, what are, what are you trying to get through to me? And he said... Uh, what, what side of these lines are you on? I said, I'm on the right side. And, I said, and I said, he said, why? I said, well, because it's the side I'm supposed to be on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, so with that, he said, don't, don't, don't change lanes. Don't, don't get over in the wrong lane. The other lane will lead to death and destruction. Stay in your lane. And I thought that was pretty good. And then he goes on to tell me that uh, uh, my my children are tired physically and you know going through all the flood and stuff like that yeah we're we're tired uh but then he told me he said come come to me find find your strength in me that's where don't don't run away from me in these times come back to me that's right that's 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 where our strength comes from then uh a couple days later (laughs) it was actually funny because i told pastor this i was close to fairbury again and uh, uh, they need yeah, a revival. Yeah, yeah, he, he, told, he told me to pray for them because of certain things. But uh, anyway, uh, I could see some things. Uh, and what it was was uh, I seen a man sitting at a table. And in front of him, uh, there's all sorts of like great things to eat, consume, uh, and the way I the way I thought of it is I would be pleased with this. You know, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I, that looks delicious. But then behind him I seen a man holding the real feast, and he was going to serve it to the person that was sitting at the table. And uh, that was and then basically that that was God showing me. That the we've just been scratching the surface. Now we get meat here at Harvest Church. We do. We get taught the word, and you know that's that's that that is what it is. But for those who are really ready to step up, 
He's going to give us more. We're, we're, we're going to receive more. And that's, I think. Amen. Well, yeah. let me read it. Thank you, sir. It says uh, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, For though, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food, everyone say solid food, belongs to those who are of a full age or mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We need solid food. Because in this day and time, we need to be able to discern between good and evil. And so... You know, what he shared with me that morning as I was sitting at my desk and he was telling me, you know, we need to stay in our right lane. You need to stay hooked up with God. You need to stay in church. You need to be consistent in your church attendance. Because we need more word. <laughs> we're, not, we're not getting enough word. Amen? Now, I have a special message for you today. Why am I talking into that? Jeez, what an idiot. I get going, you know. Right. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I got something to share. I have something to share for you, and it's a, it's a good word. Everyone say it's a good word. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 states, To everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. If you as a born-again believer, as a Christian, don't understand that God moves in seasons. Just like seasons in the natural, there are spiritual seasons. There could be winter, spring, summer, fall. And you, you need to understand that. Now, bottom line, I'm a bottom line guy. And I don't, I don't like to just play games, but I, I want to read to you just this statement. And if you leave here today with anything, you need to leave here with this. Are you listening? God is a God of seasons. Expect the next season of your life to be a season of fulfillment. No more disappointment. Now, let me read it once more. I want it to sink in. God is a God of seasons. Expect the next season of your life to be a season of fulfillment. No more disappointment. Anybody here ever been disappointed? Don't raise your hand because everyone here has had disappointments. Preachers can be disappointed in their congregation. The congregation can be disappointed in the preacher. You can be disappointed in your kids. I'm not. I got good boys. But life's going to be full of... You're going to go through some seasons. You young ones that sit there, those pretty two little girls, those sisters right there. You're going to be disappointed. But I want you to know there's, there's always a better season. A season of blessing and a season of fulfillment. Here are some scriptures. I'll read them to you for the sake of time. Just let me read them to you. In Psalm 27, verse 13, 
the psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. That's a good scripture. Habakkuk chapter 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. See, the problem is a lot of us aren't very good at waiting. <laughs> and sometimes you've got to go through seasons of disappointment and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. You know, that flood was, that was a little bit of a disappointment. But I look around today and it's not anymore. Because everything's new. Psalms 30 verse 5 states, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. Proverbs 3, verse 12. This is a good scripture. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. One translation states, unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good breakthrough can turn life around. Another one, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when dreams come true at last, there's life and joy. Look at Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. I want you to begin, if you haven't already, to begin to expect blessing and fulfillment. Now, we've already been blessed and and experience some fulfillment, but I believe we're going into a season here in the days ahead of tremendous blessing and fulfillment. I believe it with all my heart. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. I'll read you some history about Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, the purpose One of Isaiah's purposes was to declare displeasure with and judgment upon sin in Judah, Israel, and the surrounding nations. Almost all the Hebrew words for sin are employed by the prophet. A parallel purpose was to endeavor to turn God's people away from disobedience in order to avert disaster, a purpose that was only partially successful, perhaps, now listen, perhaps the greatest, this is where we're at, Perhaps the greatest purpose, however, was to lay a foundation of hope. Everyone say hope. Hope. And promise for the faithful remnant of God's people. Thus, the book is full of promises of restoration, redemption, and of the certain advent of the Messiah, of salvation for all the nations, and the triumph of God's purposes in spite of intervals of suffering. All right, so that gives just a synopsis of of Isaiah. Now, let's look at Isaiah chapter 55. It's only like 13 verses, and I want to read it to you. It's so good. It's an invitation to abundant life. It says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. You know, the gospel's free. 
The good news is free. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I've given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Now, realize he's speaking to the nation of Israel, but this also applies to us. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he's glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly, everyone say abundantly, abundantly pardon. Here's a famous scripture here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my way, says the Lord. See, some of you, Kanye, wasn't in your thoughts or was your way, but it was the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. We sang it today. God is faithful. His word is faithful and true. It doesn't change. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break before you with singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now this is verse 13. This is what I want you to see. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. I had to read that whole thing because that was so good. God promises you and I to take away the disappointment and bring fulfillment and blessing. And it says in verse 13, instead of the thorn, how many have ever poked yourself with the thorn? It's not very pleasant. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress or fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. We're going to look, have a, a, a botany or biology class today. It says, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall, be, shall not be cut off. The Living Bible says, this miracle will make the Lord's name very great and be an everlasting sign of God's power and love. See, God is going to be glorified in the earth. Come hell or high water. Doesn't make any difference what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. In the political scene. In Congress. This impeachment trial. God's going to have his way. And God's going to have his say. And God's going to have his day. Amen. Thistles and thorns grew abundantly in Palestine. They grow along roadsides, in fields, and in dry places. Every, anyone here, ever here gone through a dry place spiritually? Matthew 13, do you, how many of you know about the parable of the soils? Some of the seed fell among what? Thorns. 
thorns grew up, and what did it do? It choked the word. See, your disappointment, if you live in the land of disappointment continually, day after day, and there are people that do, they camp there, they stay there in the valley of Baca, the Bible says in Psalms, the valley of weeping. They don't want to get out. They want to stay. I don't want to stay in the valley of Baca. I don't want to stay in the valley of disappointment. Thorn means to prick and speaks of disappointment. It represents something that grows that you didn't want or expect, and it pricks at your life. How many of you ever had a blood test? And you go in, and what's the nurse say to you when you put your finger out there? It's going to hurt. No, I've, nobody's ever, nurse has ever told me it's going to hurt. That would be a stupid nurse. What do they tell you? You're going to feel a little prick or poke. Now, my... You know, these, I got, I'll be honest with you, I got nothing against people wearing tattoos. I just ain't going to get one because I don't want to be pricked or poked. Have you ever watched them do it? I've watched them do it. My son get a tattoo. Constant pricking and poking. Now, to me, that's just, just a big disappointment. Not to him. We were watching that. Yeah, guy on singing with Dolly, I, I was just so blessed. She proclaimed Jesus and out, you know. I won't say anything. I, but, but the guy that was singing with her, what's his name? Had a sleeve of tattoos. Here again, folks, you want to reach people? You can't be so judgmental. I know I go over this, but I'm telling you, God is going to do some things with the millennials and and the next generation in the days ahead, and it's not going to be the way we think it should be. It's not going to be the 70s and 80s, the charismatic movement, what I went through. It's going to be different. And if you don't embrace it, accept it, and run with it, and get behind it, and encourage people... You're not going to be a very happy person. You're going to be disappointed. Amen? Now, that's the thorn and the thistle. The fir, the myrtle, or the cypress tree. These are uh, cedar tree. The Israelites valued the timber from these trees from the fir tree for the building of of the temple, for laying the foundation in the temple, for shipbuilding, and then also for musical instruments. I thought that was interesting. Look at Isaiah 41. Isaiah chapter 41. Let me read it to you. Isaiah 41 and verse 18. This is Israel being assured that God's going to deliver them and help them. In, In Isaiah 41 and verse 18, God... I will open rivers in what kind of heights? Desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. Amen? And the dry land springs of water. So what I read to you initially, some of those things are disappointments, aren't they? Dry places, valleys, wilderness. 
Then he says, I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree and the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together. Now why? That they may see and know. See, we're talking about seeing and knowing this morning. And consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created it. In the days ahead, you're going to see some astounding things and the only answer is God did it. Not man, not a political party, but our God in heaven is showing Himself strong on behalf of His church. I thought it was interesting this Kanye... (coughs) Got like a help me if I if I say this right I could be wrong but he got something back from the IRS. You know how much it was? I think it was sixty million. Now right away the critics jump on the band. Well look what he's doing with his money. Yeah, and he receives offerings and. Sometimes he charges it, but it costs to be on the road to do those big elaborate things. But God's doing some different stuff. The Israelites valued this timber. So this this cypress or fir tree is symbolic of God's blessings. Symbolic of God's blessings. The myrtle tree. That's another tree. It's an evergreen tree whose leaves, flowers, and berries were used for perfume and seasoning for food. It symbolized peace and joy for the nation of Israel. Now, God is prophesying a season here in in Isaiah 55, and I believe we're coming into this season, the church is, He's prophesying a season when instead of expecting disappointing thorns, you can expect a season of blessing which promotes worship and praise, peace and joy. We're coming into an hour because the worship, you know, God is anointing His worship. You know, for many, many years I listened to... uh, a lot of Hosanna music in the Aussies. What were they? Vineyard? No, there was Vineyard and then the Aussies. Hillsong. And I'll be honest with you. I don't watch a lot of Christian TV because I don't like what I see and what I hear. And I'll be honest with you. There's not a lot of Christian music that really stirs my soul anymore. But we're coming back into it. There's going to be a lot of new songs like what we're singing here. Amen? God's a God of the new. Say that. God is a God of new things. New worship. New songs. New ways to reach the lost. That's what God is saying here in Isaiah 55. So if you're here today and you've been disappointed in times past, You want to stay there? I don't want to. There's a shifting going on.